0: Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm your host, Emily Weiss. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. So welcome back to the Alpha Gamma Delta podcast. Today we have Rachel D'Alto, who is a former lawyer turned relationship expert, Rachel, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Th- thanks for letting me do this. This is exciting.
0: We're so happy to have you here. So one of the things you talk about a lot is relatability. Yes. What is that?
1: So I think people think about relationships. When you first say relationships, we think about romantic relationships. But when you really dissect what relationships are, it comes down to so much more than that. And what I have found in the last 10 years is that people have become far less relatable. And there's some key components of that, that I've really found that that make a huge difference. And relatability is really about our, our ability to, to form connections and not just kind of those surface connections, but real connections, whether you're talking about romantic, platonic, or professional.
0: So when you, you say relatable, mm-hmm. so that is your ability to relate to other people. Yes. What, all, what goes into that?
1: A lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's so many. And, and obviously there's kind of the broad strokes, which is what I talk about when I speak. And then there's kind of the more deeper dive, which is in my book that I'm writing that'll be out in like 40 years when I'm finally done with it. Uh, but I talk about in the speech that there's really three components and it's it's all about connection mm-hmm. and your ability to connect to one another in a very authentic way. Whereas I, I feel like we put on a lot of masks, a lot of those mm-hmm. filters, whether we're talking about real filters on social media or filters in real life and then the way we communicate needs to be looked at and figure out how we can communicate in a way that's most relatable to the person that we're trying to connect with and then inspire because at the end of the day it's cool if we make these connections but why are we doing it and what are you doing with all of this you know with your skill set where are you going with it what's the purpose of it
0: so when we talk about relatability and being relatable is that the same thing as like soft skills would you say
1: yeah oh 100 percent. so that's why I, I got into talking about relatability more so than you know I've been talking about romantic relationships I've been in that industry for 10 years now and it's really so parallel to all of our social skills and soft skills are are so neglected yet they're really what's going to make you successful and nobody's paying attention to them. Not nobody, but I think we focus so much on let's learn these hard skills. Let's know exactly, you know, the the facts of what we need to know, but not the nuances.
0: So you touched on this a little bit before, but you were in romantic, re- being a professional in romantic relationships. You've been an expert on Kate plus date. <laughs> Kate plus
1: date and married at first sight. All
0: <laughs> sorts of fun things. Yeah. How do you get into that? How do you get into like the the studying and just knowing about relationships?
1: I I fell into it. I was a practicing attorney, Mm -hmm. came up with a concept for a dating company, followed that down and started doing a ton of media. So 10 years ago, I was starting to do local television and some national television and had no idea that a dating industry and like this whole love industry existed. And once I started doing media, people started calling me to do more and then they started calling me to coach. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a lawyer running a company. And I just realized I started working with an occasional you know, client and went back and, and got a coaching certification and realized, oh, my gosh, there's there's so much here. And at the end of the day, though, everybody that I've ever worked with, it comes down to core soft skills more than anything and not just soft skills, but also self-awareness and confidence and all of these. But they're still all core values and core things that we can work on as our pillars. So again, I just, I fell into it. I look back, I'm like, where did the last decade go? I haven't had a real boss.
0: <laughs> Flies by, right? Yeah. Sure. I
1: was 10 years now. It's weird. It's yes. awesome.
0: So you, you essentially study relationships and talk yes. about relationships. Is that just romantic relationships or is it relationships between friends or what are the different kinds of relationships out there?
1: There's so many different nuances of relationships. Obviously, you know, like I said in the beginning, everybody thinks, oh my gosh, let's talk about love. And I love love and I can help you get a date and, and go on a good date and find a relationship. And, How to work Tinder. Yeah, all of those things. I've got it. I'm actually Match's chief dating expert. So I work with them and on a, you know, a full-time basis as well. And I... I love the romantic love part, but there's also so many things. There's family relationships, there's siblings, there's parents, there's, um, you know, friends, there's professional. And it's interesting. I I just was at the doctor's off because I was convinced I was like coming down with something. And I was at the doctor's and I was like, listen, I have to go give a keynote. I can't get sick. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, I'm talking about relationship building. He's like, well, isn't that inappropriate in the workplace? And I was like, what are you talking about? Your connection with your staff, with the nurse that was just in here, with the receptionist, these are all relationships and better leaders have better relationships.
0: I I like that you said that better leaders have better relationships. What are those like elements of relationships that you see in leaders that are successful?
1: Empathy. So I think that really good leaders are empathetic and they're able to place themselves in the position of their team and see that things from their perspective. And, you know, I think that's something that we say we, we're really good at. And then when you look at it, we get frustrated with people who don't act like we do or they don't think like we do. And we're, we're, we're all so unique that a good leader is really going to take a minute and say, wait a second, am I getting annoyed because they're not like me? Because it's a lot easier to deal with a whole team of you. Although I think I would kill all of me's. (laughs) Um, But it's it's a lot easier for that than to try to understand where other people are coming from. But it's also within that differences that you have awesome skill sets that can be brought up
0: a room full of one person is going to do one thing and maybe not that well
1: yeah well I, I you know it's interesting I I was um I did a TEDx last year and there was a woman there who was speaking on the power of diversity in the room and the explanation that she gave to it was when they were creating the airbag it was all men who was creating the airbag at first. And then all of the the dynamics for it, all of the the measurements were based on a full-size man. So when they tested it with women or children, it didn't work at all. And it's like, you think about it in that sense where... Holy moly, (laughs) like you are really diversity matters. And it's not just, you know, it's race, culture, Mm -hmm. you know, gender, all of these things like we have to bring if we had a bunch of me's in the room, it's just not as fun and it's not as helpful.
0: It's not. And I think the diversity of a room and just in general, I think that builds it goes into how do you build relationships with people that are other?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it takes effort you know, that's the thing. And this, this whole life thing isn't supposed to always be easy. And I you know. think, you know, as soon as something gets a little bit difficult, you know, we can be like, eh, that's too much effort.
0: Calling it. <laughs> we call, yeah.
1: Calling <laughs> it in. We're done.
0: <laughs> so when you see those people that are making that effort and you said empathy is one of those aspects, are there, is there anything else that you've seen in really successful leaders or people that are making that effort?
1: Yeah. Authenticity.
0: Authenticity.
1: The- Real. And I think so many leaders are terrified to be real. They think, oh my gosh, I have to pretend like I'm perfect because that's the only way that people are going to listen to me or look up to me or want to be on my team. And the fact of uh, you you don't want people perfect. You know, you, I don't find myself drawn to perfect people. I want someone who's going to admit when I'm wrong, you know, or admit when they're wrong, admit when I'm wrong too. That's fine. (laughs) When anybody's wrong, but also, you know, just being, I think honesty is just such a a lost characteristic where we put on this facade and it's something I talk about in every keynote is just the power of you know I think authenticity is the buzzword but honesty like just be honest mm-hmm. instead of trying to hide things and I see a lot of leaders that and they try to cover up mistakes mm-hmm. or blame it on somebody else or you know just don't address it and it just creates such a an environment that's just not not healthy would
0: you say it's kind of partly a fake it till you make it culture
1: yeah and You know, there's sometimes where I feel like it can work, you know, because I'm not entirely I think when there's you know, we talk about confidence a lot and and sometimes you just have to kind of believe in yourself as a theory before you feel it. And I get that element, but not in the sense of I'm going to tout myself as this really important, you know, puffed up leader. And then then I'm going to fall into that at some point. No, I think you have to. Humility is a is a beautiful thing.
0: So we've talked about uh, authenticity and humility and empathy. These are all, it seems like people skills more than anything, right?
1: That's why I started talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's true. It's funny because you think about what makes a good leader and it's all, it's all people skills. Mm-hmm. So that's why I laugh when people like my doctor the other day was like, oh my gosh, you're going to teach these office people, you know, how to fall in love. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? This is, this is what everybody should be learning. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're really in a deficit of it.
0: You said this is something that people should be learning. Is this something you think that people are just born with? Or do you think is something that everyone really truly has to go and learn?
1: I think both. Sometimes people are naturally good at it and it just comes very easy to them. But the beauty of relatability and, and leadership is it's a learned skill. You can absolutely put effort into it and improve. And it's not like, you know, if, listen, if I decided I wanted to become a world champion figure skater, I should probably give up now because that's never going, I don't care how much I <laughs> practice, how much I try, it's not going to happen, but I can become a better per- person to person. I can become more relatable. I can become a better leader with skills.
0: So if someone is going out in the world and they realize, okay, I'm not relatable. I don't have these soft skills that are so important. What is the first thing you'd recommend they do?
1: The first thing I think is to understand who they are and who they're coming off as. And sometimes I even ask people, if you really don't have a baseline of where to start, start asking your friends or family. Maybe you don't have a lot of friends. Maybe you are you have, you know, your family members to ask them, what's your impression of me? Mm-hmm. What am I putting out there? And then how can I start to work on where I see the deficit in that area? Instead of just kind of diving in and be like, all right, I'm going to learn this and this and this and this. You may have some skills that are already kind of taken care of and you can focus on the things that, you know, maybe mom is like, listen, honey, you come off pretty negative sometimes, or, you know, you're, you're shy. And, and that's the thing too, is like, I don't want people to listen and think, okay, I can't do any of this because I'm an introvert or I'm shy. And it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just means that you have to change the way you look at it and the way you approach it.
0: You mentioned the introvert. Um, I'm kind of interested. Is there, do you see a lot of difference between introverts and extroverts in terms of relatability and just how that interplays with someone's relatability?
1: In the beginning, yes. So in that instant that you actually start to make the connection, absolutely. I think it's harder sometimes for introverts to start those conversations or, you know, if they're networking or if they're in a leadership position, it's more difficult for them to kind of take control not more difficult, but it's a, it's less intuitive and it might take more energy. But once they get past that initial stage, it's, it's all game on. It's all going for it. Yeah. Cause it's a comfort level. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good point way of looking at it is it is a comfort level. I think that also kind of might go into being authentic with if you are an introvert and you're looking at what is my personality. Yeah. Think just being authentic with those, right?
1: Yeah, and understanding it. And when you're in a situation that's requiring you to kind of come out of your shell or or be more extroverted in that moment, you know, being honest with the person you're talking to you're like this is sometimes uncomfortable for me. Wouldn't that make the other person understand you more and feel more connected to you because you felt strong enough to say Hey, listen, you know, these are sometimes uncomfortable because I'm introverted.
0: You're right with authentic leader, kind of looking into like that authentic leadership and how to just honestly be a human with another person. I think that's one of those I wouldn't say easy for everyone, but it's a good way of just kind of breaking that ice of like this is hard
1: yeah well that I mean that's the thing. it's we we think that our leaders should be you know bulletproof in terms of emotion and intelligence and thoughts and and it's not the case. It, I, our leaders are all human and your team is human. I mean, unless AI is completely taken over. but until then, everybody's human. So why wouldn't you want to be more relatable? And it doesn't mean a lack of respect. And that's the thing. It's, you know, when you're authentic, when you're empathetic, when you, when you do all these things, it doesn't make you less respected. It, it makes you more respected.
0: I feel like that's almost a lie. We tell ourselves that we have to be this bulletproof, especially women where you're, I have to be this perfect bulletproof woman. And that's not the reality always.
1: A hundred percent hundred percent. I hear it all the time. And it, it is a lot of women because we feel like, you know, we have to kind of step into a, this role and prove ourselves to who. I mean, we're already there. Like, hello, you already got it. So uh, but but men, too, where I ask people a lot, you know, when we're talking about especially just being honest and authentic, where, you know, if someone else is sharing something, they view that as brave. <laughs> But then they think in, in terms of themselves, it's weak. So when someone else shares and is themselves, that's really brave. But when I do it, it's it's going to be seen as weak. I was like, how does, how, where is this disconnect happening? It doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you view everybody else as being brave, who's being honest and authentic, yet you still think that it's it's going to be viewed as weak for you because you're different. No, we're all, we're all in this together.
0: I think that's interesting to think of how you view, view others because I, the people I look up to are very authentic and they tell it how it is. If they're having a bad day, will make it very clear. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to look at yourself and say, like, I just need to tell people like I need to be authentic. I need to let others know what's up and what is the reality of the situation. I think getting back to good leaders and relatability with that, that's almost like changing how others view
1: you. Right. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely changing how others view you and changing the way that you view yourself cuz like you just said, you know, you look up to these people who are real and yet we still hold back. So, we have to keep that in mind. Anytime that you feel yourself kind of putting on a mask or kind of biting your tongue, realize that the people that you really trust and see as a, as a role model are the people who aren't biting their tongues. Yeah.
0: You work with a lot of different people in terms of all sorts of relationships. What would
1: you say is the number one thing that you
0: see people doing wrong?
1: Not believing in themselves. Not
0: believing in themselves?
1: Yeah. I I feel like every, every person, whether it is professional, romantic, platonic relationships, it comes down to I'm not enough. And that is the hardest thing it's, it's actually, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the easiest thing to get over, but it's something that if you address it and you look at it and you recognize it and you work on overcoming it, it's doable, but no one wants to get to that point. Cause it's kind of, it's chiseling down from all of the other things that we blame it on when it really comes down to self-worth.
0: So when you look at those people that they're not believing in themselves and doing that, what do you think is like at the core of that in itself?
1: Oh, that could be a bunch of things. Oh, my gosh. It's it spans the gamut. It is, you know, it's everything from family of origin. So, you know, we had some challenges with mom or dad or siblings. It's experiences that's happened, whether it's, you know, some sort of abuse or assault. But it's not always those crazy, intense things like those are kind of very dramatic things that obviously if someone went through it, they're going to remember it. But it could just be a series of things. It could be a series of events, you know, and small little chips at our self-worth that that add up because we allowed it to at that point.
0: Those little chips really get in there.
1: They do. They do. But they can be rebuilt. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So when you're rebuilding them, we talked about going and looking for other others to tell you what to do. What else would you recommend for someone that's hearing us now and they're like, I, I have a lot of chips I need to work on. They've gone and they've talked to their parents. Their mom has told them here's A, B, C, and D. What are some of the tools that you found helpful as you've gone through these processes and seen others go through the process?
1: I think there's a couple of things. One is really finding your happy places. And I, not that, you know, just finding fun things to do is going to overcome any sort of self-worth issues overall, but I think finding your joy in things and finding the things and people and places that you like to, to surround yourself with really makes a difference in our psyche. So kind of just really allowing your positivity to rise up is a huge element of that. And I honestly, I'm a huge fan of therapy and coaching and anything that allows you to talk about it and get it out because it's one thing to be aware of it. And then it's another thing to process it.
0: It sounds like with all of this, it's you need to find your happy place and who you are as a person. You have to know that before you can share that with others and be authentic.
1: Well, you can still be authentic. I mean, I don't want people to think that just because they haven't found, you know, <laughs> zen self, bliss, right? <laughs> <laughs> that they, they can't do all these other things and be relatable. I think it's all a scale, you know, based on on where you are. So don't hold back of being authentic, you know, just because you feel like you still have some some pieces to fill, but you know, it's definitely it's a lot easier. I have to say, when you do believe in yourself and when you do feel that self worth, that you're able to show up in a way that's like take it or leave it, and that is a beautiful place to get to. And unfortunately, you know, it takes it took me a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so you can't just snap your fingers, right? Yeah,
1: I was like, I, I mean, I wish, but it's part of why I do. I speak at colleges because I, I always think, oh my gosh, if I actually listened to what I say now back then. It would have been a very different trajectory.
0: I think that's one of those things, especially as a young person or someone that's just entering the workforce and you're looking at you're looking around, you're like, who am I right now? I just left college. My friends live everywhere else other than where I am, all sorts of stuff. And it's hard to know who you are. But I like that you are really pushing that. You don't have to be perfect to be relatable.
1: Yeah. You don't have to have it all together. And frankly, your who and what and why is going to change a million times over. And I think that, you know, we have this idea that we have to know all the steps, but we don't. And if I can just embrace where I am now and be like, okay, I don't know exactly who I'm going to be, but I know who I am right now is just a person who is, you know, on this new adventure and I'm going to take it one day at a time. I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves. And then that just, again, it chips away at, you know, the, well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that or. It's like getting away from that. What's your 50 year plan? Yeah. No one cares. Like mm-hmm. do, you, you shouldn't care. I, I don't, I mean, I'll probably be dead in 50 years, but, <laughs> <laughs> but even five years, it's like, okay, it's cool to have goals and everything. But when it puts so much pressure beyond just living in the now and enjoying where you are and realizing that you can have kind of shifts in purpose and direction along the way, and there's nothing wrong with it.
0: You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to really someone out there might, but
1: no, they're not. You're
0: <laughs> you're not going to reach this just place of pure like eternal bliss and zen like you were saying before. Like you yeah. you have to appreciate where you are. And I think it's important to look at the relationships you can build where you are, too.
1: Yeah, and people are going to be more connected to you if you are who you are at your core. I mean, if we're faking it the whole time and then all of a sudden we wake up and we decide to be ourselves, who the heck is still going to be around I'm to be like, wait a second. What happened? <laughs> what happened to the first Emily that I met for the last 10 years? All of a sudden she's someone different. I don't get it. Well,
0: Rachel, we have reached the part of our podcast where we ask every guest, what is your purpose?
1: Ah, so I love this question because I do try to help people find their own. And for me, I've realized that it's really connecting people. At the end of the day, that is my purpose on this earth is to connect people.
0: What would you say is your most impactful moment of pursuing your purpose?
1: Hmm. You know, it's hard to Give it one. I think it's any time that someone reaches out to me and says that I made a difference, whether it's a client that I worked with or someone that saw me on even, you know, it's funny, (laughs) I do reality television, but there's some times where it really gets across that I care. And when someone comes back and and sees that and and reaches out, that's where that I'm like, holy moly, like I'm really, people are listening, like things are changing. And and I do think we're kind of this domino set of of ability to change. And I'm just thankful.
0: What a fantastic purpose to have. It's a good one.
1: (laughs) Yep. Not lying. I I like it.
0: That's good. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone wants to hear more about you or get in touch with you, what are your plugs?
1: (laughs) I am Rachel Dialto everywhere. So it's Rachel and last name is Dialto, D-E-A-L-T-O. And um website Instagram Facebook I'm not on Snapchat because I can't I can't handle more can't do it I'm too tired no TikTok oh my gosh I can't I I mean I'll dance on occasion
0: (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for coming here today it was really great to talk to you and hear all all things relatability and just how we can impact that in our own lives and you don't have to be there yet right
1: not at all All enjoy every minute thank you for having me yes thank you so much
0: Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.